Well, at the very beginning of 1973, it was the end of the Vietnam War, at least for uh, U.S. forces. All of our soldiers were actually out of Vietnam by March of that year. But they came home to anything but a hero's welcome. At that time, within weeks of the peace accord, signed in January, in February, Tony Orlando and Don, a popular singing group, released a song that made the top 10 in 10 countries of the world to number one in eight of those countries to include four weeks at number one in the United States. In fact, it was the number one song of all of 1973. A few years ago, it was ranked by Billboard as the number 37 song of all time. Now, I don't know how they figure that, but the number 37 song of all time. The song, anybody know? Yeah, you guys are smart. (laughs) Tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree, beginning with the words, I'm coming home, I've done my time. If the narrated singer was to be welcome home after a three-year a, a three tour of duty, his girlfriend was to tie a yellow ribbon around a certain oak tree, I guess meaningful to them. If you remember the song, when the bus pulled up, he couldn't bear to look, afraid of what he might see, but those on the bus began cheering wildly because there were a hundred yellow ribbons tied around the tree. The yellow ribbon then became the symbol of welcoming home those who had been gone for whatever reason fighting a war, incarcerated, wandering, any number of reasons for a prolonged absence. Maybe that's you here today. I can't help but think of Luke 15, story of the prodigal son. The father would have worn a yellow ribbon if appropriate, but his welcome home was expressed in action, running to embrace his son. Could I this morning, without sounding too hokey, extend a yellow ribbon to you and say, welcome home. We want you to know that you are not only welcome here, you are actually wanted here. It's a special day for us at Alliance. We've been, as you've heard, in this building process for 11 plus years. Some of you no doubt, have driven down the 105 bypass for a long time wondering what in the world we were doing, and you showed up this morning just to see. If that is the case, we are so glad that you're here. We've built this with the intent to provide more space for the Church of Jesus Christ called Alliance Bible Fellowship, to to, to meet and worship God together as a family. Hold on to that. As a family of brothers and sisters in Christ. To to be clear, as I said earlier, this building, uh, nice as it is, is not the church. You don't drive by my house on Blairmont and say, oh, look, there's the Andrews family. At least I hope you don't. No, it's the home where the Andrews family lives, meets, if you will. So also, this building is simply a place where the church called Alliance meets, But to be clear, we have not just built this building for us. Oh, no. It has been our desire to provide more space to see more people become followers of Jesus with us, to become members of a family with us, brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you looking for a place to belong? I want to gently say, look no longer. We want this community to know the gospel 
to know of the love of Christ for people who have been away, who, awakened by the Holy Spirit, want to come home. And to you we say, welcome home. Now, I realize that we likely have four groups of people here this morning. Let me go through them. First, are those of you who may be interested but are not yet followers or believers in Jesus. How I hope that there are many like that here today. You are open to the Christian faith. That's why you're here. So I want to tell you a little bit about it today. Second, we may have those who, uh, who are interested as followers of Christ and are looking for a church home. To you, again, I genuinely say, welcome home. Third, we have those who call Alliance their home who perhaps, if they were honest, if you were honest, would say they haven't felt particularly welcomed and as a result have not gotten, become engaged. I want to talk to you today too. And then fourth, the vast majority of people in this room, we have lots of people who call Alliance their home, who, who see it, understand it as family, who are excited with me to see this as an opportunity to become more and more the church is calling us, uh, the, the church that God is calling us to be. Whoever you are, Whichever one of those four categories, I want to say welcome home. Now, this is a little different Sunday. This is not what we normally do. We typically just study through books of the Bible together. Currently, we are in First Peter, and, and Lord willing, we will be back in it next week. But today, this special day, I want to address each one of those four groups in reverse order. Starting with those of you who call Alliance your home, and, and rightly see many of those gathered in this room as family. I want to say to you, we are at a critical point. We're at a critical juncture in the life of our church. Yes, God has done great things through the years. You see, it was about five years after the release of Tie a Yellow Ribbon that a small group of people decided that they wanted to plant a new church in Boone, a place to call home. Some of those people are in this room as I speak. It was in 1978, and on Labor Day of that year, they planted a church with a desire that it be a Christ-exalting, gospel-centered, word-saturated church, a place where people uh, would be welcome to become part of the family and to grow in their faith. Again, I would suggest that this building was not part of the plan. Rather, their plan was to see a church built wherever we may meet. They also wanted it to be a church with an intentional outreach to the campus of ASU and other nearby college campuses. You see, many of that first group were college faculty and staff, and they wanted to see students reach with the good news of Jesus. I want you to understand that has not changed. We still want to reach students with the gospel. We have many students who call Alliance their church home, their home away from home. In fact, we had three of them on the platform with the worship team. This has been one of the passions of our college ministry, that you find a home here. Welcome home, I understand they often tell you. But here's the question for all of us who find ourselves in that group this morning. Is this it? Is this it? Do we just kind of kick back, sit back, and relax? We've torn down a small barn and built a bigger one, and we say to our soul, eat, drink, and be merry? 
As we've watched the church grow through the years from that small group that met on the campus of ASU to the corners of Rivers and Depot Street and what was called a bus depot to this spot on the 105 bypass, is this all that God has in mind? Are we done? From, from, from a handful of people to well over a thousand gathered here today, is this it? I desperately hope not. God has called us to become and multiply fully devoted followers of Jesus. I want to be clear. Eternity is at stake. Yes, salvation is God's work, but he has called us to be his fellow workers. He's given us the mandate, the commission to go and tell people. And that is going to require that we share the good news of Jesus with people who need to know. We cannot, we must not count on a pretty new building and auditorium to do the work that God has called us to do. I'm loving our study in 1 Peter so far and can't wait till we get to chapter 2 in a few months. <laughs> if you're a guest here this morning, come back next week. You'll see why they're laughing. I read a couple of, of verses of chapter 2 at the beginning of that chapter a little while ago where we saw that God is building living stones into a temple in which he dwells. Again, not brick and mortar, although I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful for this building. But I want to be clear, I am more thankful for you because you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You would not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hallelujah. So, beloved I urge you, as strangers and, and aliens and strangers, remember that's what we are. This place is not our home. Don't get too comfortable. Aliens and strangers, to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Keep uh, against uh, the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. That means people who aren't yet Christians. So that in the thing in which they slander you as unbelievers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of his visitation. Let me summarize what Peter just said. Share the, share the good news about Jesus. Back it up with holy lives so that thereby we can glorify God on the day that he visits them with the, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. May God save people through the faithful witness of this church. People have said to me many times over the last few months, isn't it going to be great to go back to two services and not have to preach three times on Sunday? Yeah, it's great. We'll actually get to beat the Methodists and the Presbyterians to the restaurants today. <laughs> and I hope that it lasts for a few months. Again, to be clear, I hope we gain a renewed vigor and excitement for all that God has done through the work of his son such that we continue to grow greatly, such that we fill these seats with new followers of Jesus Christ, see them discipled, and join us in the work. Not for numbers' sake, but because numbers represent people that God loves so much he sent his son to die for them. Dare I use the word Revival. It's what I'm praying for. I'm asking you to join me in praying for that. 
I pray that we have to go back to three services and more. Because God is calling people into his church out of the, the, the darkness and brokenness of sin into the marvelous light of his grace. He has called us to be his ambassadors, carrying the good news of Jesus to those who do not yet know Jesus. You do understand that those who are not yet believers, even those who oppose Christianity, you do understand they are not the enemy. They are held captive by the enemy. So it's our task. He's left it with us to go and rescue them. It's why we're still here. This is not ultimately it. We're aliens. We're strangers. We are longing for a country, a city of our own. And I, I trust that we want to take lots of people with us. Second group of people I want to address are those of you who call Alliance your home and yet um, have not gotten as involved as you'd like or, or maybe have even felt unwelcomed. To be clear, we are a good church. We are not a perfect church. It's not going to happen until we get to heaven. So, if you have been overlooked, and I'm sure that there are some who have, I want to say that I'm sorry. We want to welcome you back, to, to lock arms together, and to do the work of the ministry through the Holy Spirit in the ways in which he has gifted us. Listen, we have more seats now. For you numbers people, we used to set up about 660 chairs downstairs. We've got about 400 more now in this room. More space for people to come and do nothing? If that happens, it will be a tragedy. Now, I know that you can look around a room this size and think, this is such a big church. They have all of the help that they need, and they could never use someone like me. Nothing could be further from the truth. We have lots and lots of needs. I can say most assuredly every ministry in this church, every single one could put you to work right now. Further, the scripture is clear. We need you and you need us. First Peter chapter 4 says it this, this way. As each one has received a special gift, charisma, a, a grace gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You have been given a gift. You need to steward, you need to manage it, employ it, put it to work by using it as God has intended. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, for the common good of your brothers and sisters in this room. Whoever speaks, I think then in verse 12, or verse 11 here, he gives two categories. Every, every spiritual gift falls under one of these two categories, serving and speaking. Whoever speaks is to do so as uh, one who speaks the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies so that, here's the purpose, in all things God may be glorified, not us, but Jesus may be glorified to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's what we want to be about. God has both gifted and called us to serve. And there are many places that you can plug in and use your passions and gifts for ministry here. So I want to give you a personal invitation and challenge to get involved. Yes, I know what it's like to go to a church and feel disconnected, to feel overlooked, to walk in and walk out week after week. So would you help us help you? Would you wave your hand and say, here I am, use me. 
Can I encourage us to pursue Christ together? Third group I'd like to address are those of you who know Jesus as Savior. You're a Christian, but you do not currently have a church home. You're looking, or maybe you're wandering, or you have a church and you sense God calling you elsewhere. And if that's here, praise the Lord. Either way, if God is calling you here, I want to say, welcome. Maybe you've been wandering in a wilderness for some time, and it's time to reconnect. Maybe you haven't felt valued. Maybe, and I think we all have stories like this that we can tell, maybe you've been hurt by a past church experience. Anybody like that here? This happens far too often. Christians are really good at hurting other Christians. Just this past week, a man, a pastor whom I greatly admire, I have many of his books, said some very unkind things about another leader in the Church of Jesus Christ, a women's conference speaker whom God, in my estimation, has used greatly. And as I heard the recording, I was deeply, deeply grieved to hear it. Such unkind words harmed the work and church of Jesus Christ. And maybe those kinds of words have hurt you. Maybe you've been hurt. If that is the case, we want to come alongside you and care for you. We want to bind up your wounds to get you back into the work of the church and the gospel of Christ. And I also understand this. It may take a while for you to feel ready to re-engage. I get that. Sometimes you've been so used up and so discarded, abused, that you, you have need to, to rest and recuperate. Okay, I get that. Know that we want to walk with you, but I also want to lay all the cards on the table. We will have as our goal the desire to see you healed and re-engaged. Doing the work with us because we believe that it is there that you will find greatest joy. Serving our great Christ together. Think of it this way. It is the end of October, which means it is the middle of the fall. I used to personally not like the fall because that meant winter was coming. Winter. You people. But truth is, how can you not like fall in Boone? College football, undefeated. <laughs> Perfect weather, the changing of the leaves, the Woolly Worm Festival. Listen, if you are a guest here from out of town and you don't know what the Woolly Worm Festival, you have not lived life. <laughs> All of that means that the holidays are right around the corner. I do not say that to cause early holiday blues or anxiety, but ready or not, Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming. Let's, just for a moment, let's not dwell on all that needs to be done between now and then to make the holidays happen. Let's think about the holidays just for a moment, okay? Especially this. Think about when the kids or the grandkids come home. Remember that? You greet them at the door, or maybe you are the kids who go home. Yes, I understand. There may be family challenges and heartaches and maybe even some deep hurts. But let mom or grandma wrap her arms around your neck and whisper, welcome home. And all seems right with the world, doesn't it? That's what we want for Alliance. We want to wrap our arms around your shoulders and say, welcome home. 
We want this to be a place, a, a home for you where you are always welcomed and always loved where we are together, part of one family, with one God as Father. Please don't wander. Stop wandering. Don't stay away from the church. I know that's a popular thing to do. Don't stay away from the church, even though there are family pains. I can tell you this. If you decide to make Alliance your home, I'm going to tell you right now, we will hurt you. Not intentionally, I hope. But you will be disappointed. But we are meant to live in community. We need each other. I love the way Paul says it in Colossians chapter 1. And although you were formerly alienated, hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. This is when you were not Christians. Yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy, blameless, beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which is proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, was made a minister of this church. I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit. See, gifts are for one another's benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. What is that? We proclaim him. We proclaim him, admonishing, in. That means strongly encouraging every man and woman and teaching every man and woman with all wisdom so that we may present every person complete in Christ. That is what we want to do here together. We are passionately committed to Christ so that we can present each other arm in arm before the throne complete in Christ. And we would love, I'm going to say it, we would love to have you join us. So if you're interested in exploring Alliance, trying to decide if it could be your church home, let me remind you of what Michael talked to us about, that thing called the Weekender, November 15th and 16th. In, in those seats, right, that, right down there, not seat back, right there, there's a little card that has a link that you can go and you can sign up. Space is limited, but we're going to be doing it every couple of months. Why? Because we want people engaged and involved. So let me encourage you to attend. Finally... I thought about this Sunday. The last group of people I want to address are those of you who are interested, that's why you're here, but not yet believers in Jesus. As I have said, we are so glad that you are here. And we want you to know that we are a church who is passionately committed to Jesus and his gospel. What do I mean by gospel? The word simply means good news. And it means this. There first must be bad news before there can be good, good news. Here's the bad news. People alone of all God's creation were created in the image of God. We were created to be in relationship with him. And you know that in your heart of hearts. You know that you were created to be in relationship with God. But from the very beginning, we rebelled. Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, disobeyed God. And as such, every person born since has been born broken. Sinners is the word that the, the Bible uses. I know I don't have to convince you of that. Even on our best days, we know that we fail often, don't, don't we? We're selfish, filled with pride and anger and lust and greed and everything else that fills the hearts of humanity, such that the book of Romans makes it clear everyone without exception is born a sinner. More than that, everyone actually sins. You know that. And so our sin, our rebellion, deserves God's just wrath and punishment. The wages, the payment of our sin is, is death, which is why 
everyone in this room, if Jesus doesn't come back, everyone in this room will die. That's the bad news. But here's the good news. God loved us anyway. While we were still sinners, he loved us and did something about our sinful, hopeless, helpless, miserable condition. Namely this, he sent his very own son, Jesus, to live the perfect life that we could never, we were supposed to live, could never live. And therefore, he didn't deserve death, but he died anyway because he died in our place. First Peter chapter 2 says it like this, and he himself bore our sins. He didn't have any to bear. He bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Now notice, for by his wounds you are healed. Doesn't that sound good? Jesus died in our place, bearing our sins, so that by his wounds we could be healed of our sin and our brokenness. You know, I know something about you. Every person in this room, here it is. Life does not work rightly. We live in a broken world, and we contribute to the brokenness. But Jesus died so that we could live a new life, both now and forever. You see, there's more good news. When Jesus died, he didn't stay dead. He was raised to life, the the Father having accepted the the offering for our sin. And because he was raised, we too can be raised to eternal life. 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To obtain, this is for us, An inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Do you see? Through faith in Jesus, his death and resurrection for sinners like us, we can actually be saved. What does does that mean? It means sins washed away. Receiving an eternal, imperishable inheritance gained through his work, not ours. We don't have any. Through his work, reserved in heaven forever. This is incredibly good news. Which is why one has said it this way. I love this. The church is the only fellowship in the world where the one requirement for membership is the unworthiness of the candidate. You say, I I could never be part of this church. I'm not good enough. Oh, no. You're exactly what we're looking for. You do not get into the church by giving a certain amount of money or by performing a certain set of actions. You get in simply by believing. Listen, you get in simply by believing that you do not belong. But Jesus has done everything to make it possible for you to become a part. There's more. Not only do we have sins forgiven, not only do we receive eternal life, we also receive an eternal family. God is Father, other Christians in this room, brothers and sisters in Christ. You say, well, I don't know if I want it. Yes, you do. Trust me. You can become part of an eternal family by being born again. That's why I've been saying it over and over this morning. Welcome home. Hear the voice of God the Father saying to you, Welcome home. Are you tired of wandering alone? Tired of making your way 
through a broken world alone. You have a family here who will love you, brothers and sisters in Christ, and a heavenly loving Father. To be clear, I've said it, we are not perfect, but we have a perfect Father who loves us perfectly, who is in the process of transforming us into the image of His Son. And we'd love for you to be a part of that. John says it this way. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, we are now children of God and it is not yet, it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him because we will see Him just as He is. I am asking you to believe in to trust in, his, in Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection for sinners like us. I'm pleading with you to trust Christ for your salvation. Confess your sins. Confess Jesus as the Lord of your life and become part of this family with us. We're not perfect. But God is wrapping his arms around your shoulders and saying right now, welcome home. Would you respond to that? Remember Luke 15 and the prodigal son? I end with these verses. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in your sight I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. That can be true for you. Simple faith in Jesus.